This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for tuning into the Father Matters Show on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm your host, Vance Sims. You know, money is a major cause of conflict in marriage, and there are many reasons why. Beyond the saying, money makes the world go round, money also reveals a lot about an individual. In a marriage, money can cause conflict as couples come face-to-face with adapting to their spouse's spending patterns, debt that was brought into the marriage, and different values and or ideas of how and where money should be spent. Joining me today to talk about money in marriage is Stu Burns, a consumer product strategic analyst with Bank of America. Welcome back to the show, Stu. And glad to be here. Stu, money has been known to be the root of conflict, especially in marriage. In your experience, how have you seen this to be true? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, working for uh, financial institutions, um, you see that quite a bit. Um, on a daily basis, you know, whether you deal even just with customer service issues and so forth. Um, so we know it's definitely one of the top reasons uh, that people get divorced. Um, so not necessarily the top, but, but one of them. But one of the things that we do know as well is that, is that it's, um, you know, it's not necessarily money in itself doesn't cause the divorce, but sometimes it's the stress that's, uh, that's basically associated uh, with poor money habits that can create, you know, the, the environment where there's fights um, and different things that will lead to the divorce. So it's not necessarily yeah, just the money itself, but then all of the offsprings of possibly being in debt, uh, you know, not having good money habits, not discussing it with your spouses um, that really cause that. And that's one of the big things that, that I would definitely uh, want to stress is the communication factor, because that's that's something that you know, would help eliminate a lot of the differences. Because, uh, you know, honestly, I can I can think back now. My wife and I have been married 24 years, and I can't really think of any fight that we've had, um, you know, in regards to money, only because we, you know, since day one, it's not that we've been perfect with it. Uh, but, you know, I can honestly say that we've been on the same page, though, for, you know, understanding that, that if we did something that probably wasn't right, we don't blame each other. We, we understand we did that together and, um, yeah, right. you know, have to dig out of it together. And you're speaking about digging. That's going to lead up to my next question. Sometimes, and I've heard a lot about this, when couples meet, they don't tell every uh, each other everything about themselves. And a lot of times they don't tell each other about their finances until it's, it's too late. You know, we, we, especially men, we put our best foot forward. We keep our hair cut every two weeks, keep our cars clean. We open the door, uh, 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 take, take the, our fiancés, our dates out to dinner. But how do you dig out of debt as a couple if your spouse brought debt into the marriage? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great, and I think we can start back, uh, you know, even just looking at the, the very basis maybe of, of going into the marriage. You know, in the, in the Bible, uh, Genesis uh, 2.24, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, and basically when you start with that mentality, you understand that, you know, again, that if you came into the marriage with, with some debt, that now it's yours. You've become one one flesh. So 
a couple of the things that that might recommend is is basically almost the same way that you would dig out of uh, debt, you know, individually. Um, you know, except in this case, again, you become one flesh. So you you have brought in some of the debt, uh, possibly from the other spouse. But you know, put all your debt on the table. Get that communication going. Uh, you know, make sure everything is out there on the table. Be clear about communicating that. Number two would be to develop that uh, pay down plan. Um, and last time I was with you, Vance, we, we discussed a couple different, you know, ways that you could do that. You could use what Dave Ramsey would call the snowball effect, uh, paying down debts, you know, your smallest debts first, just to get the psychological momentum of paying things off. Um, or you could start looking at the highest interest rate. Um, so various ways that, that you could even explore. So whatever works for you. And there, you know, again, there's no right or wrong answer either. So whatever the couple would like. Um, and at the same time, what you want to be doing while you're doing that is, is starting to build, though, a little bit of that emergency fund, uh, a little bit of savings, because that's something that's extremely important, too, to, to get by in case there's any life-changing. What's an emergency issue? fund? What do you mean by emergency fund? Is it an emergency to go to Hawaii next year? Right. I don't know. What's an emergency fund? And, uh, the emergency fund, and again, this is this is probably you know, in when we deal with a, a lot of the uh, the financial workshops, uh, that's the biggest thing you hear is I'm living living check to check, and you're talking about emergency funds. Uh, how can I do that? Well, it is something that's important to start doing, and that emergency fund is something that is a little different than your savings because it's meant to be um, off to the side, but what it should be is three to six months possibly of you know your savings or at least be able to or not savings of your income uh, so that you're able to pay off any kind of life altering uh, event that happens, you know, a layoff happens. Uh, so you want this three to six months of income that where you could pay off any of your, your debts for, for that long. Um, and that should be static. So you're not going to, you know, it's got to be fairly liquid. Uh, but again, when I talk to those people, you know, it's, you know, very easy to, you know, to hear that one, you know, I'm just barely getting by check to check Mm -hmm. and you're talking about that, but Hey, start with $5, uh, $10 a check. Um, you know, just the fact that you're starting is a great, you know, great point. So could someone look at their uh, expenses? Like you might say someone is paying $650 a month on a car payment. Sure. They need the car to get, to get to and from work, but do they need a $650 a month car payment? How imagine how that could just free up so much, so much money. So what if I'm stuck with a big, huge car payment, but I need a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, what would I do? How would I get out of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a good question there. And, it, and that's a good topic to really hit on because, you know, as a couple, you need to, to think about that. Like what size house do you even need? Like, um, you know, now you said need, you didn't say yeah. want. Yeah. What kind of size house we need? Yep. Go ahead, go ahead. Yep, and that is very important, too, because it's like, you know, yeah, I may want, you know, to live in Buckingham Palace, but, you know, <laughs> what I need is just, yeah. a, you know, maybe a smaller house. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, what you want to look at is maybe is there opportunity, like if you had that coming into a marriage, that would be, you know, to me it would be one of the more important things to want to work through to start with. So can you sell things? Uh, can you downsize? Like that car, maybe you would want to try and sell that car. Um, and then get a smaller car, you know, with a smaller payment. See if you can do that. Um, so that would be one of the ways you can can try that. So you don't have to, because I've talked to people, they think, man, I'm stuck in this car payment. And even if I sell it, I will be upside down. You just said you, it's possible to trade down. So you can turn a $650 payment into a three or $400 payment. 
it's it's you're still paying payments, but it's less than what you were paying. A lot of people don't think like that. They just think I'm stuck with this car payment for three to five years. Can't do nothing about it. So you're saying someone can trade down a payment. Well, you can, but the, yeah, the thing about it is, like, sometimes it's, it's going to be on paper too. So, let's say you, you went from a, you know, now you're you had four years of this payment, but you know, if you have to uh, to get into a smaller payment, then maybe you're getting a lesser car, but now it's extended over five years. So you don't always you're not right. always able necessarily to get away with the principal amount, um, but you know, it can be tacked on. It can be at least a little bit more affordable for you to handle. Right, um, and and I know I'm hammering yeah. on this. The car payment thing, but it's just stew. I'm at that age now that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I was the type of person that would try to drive or live a lifestyle that I could not afford. Now that I'm older, it's like, hey, get me from A to B. And as long as I could take care of my wife and my kids, that's all that matters to, to be free from that. And I just I, I, I hate hearing when people are boggled down. They say, man, I'm having problems in my relationships or problem in my marriage. They, mm-hmm. they, they ignore the flat screen that they bring it home there. They are ignoring how they're just, you know, uh, buying lunch every day at work. Right. You know, you spend it. You can look up and you're spending two, three hundred dollars a month going to restaurants every day. You don't have to always eat out, you know, brown bag it. Yeah, that's one of the, the more important things. You're hitting on a great point. And what I encourage like anybody to do on budgeting um, is to, to do that for a week or a month. But write down everything you're spending money on because you're going to be like very surprised at maybe the amount of money that just went to Starbucks every month. Um, you know, and that's a couple hundred dollars, maybe a month um, that you could work back into. Your I like budget. that. You say write down, take a month or two and write down everything you spend and then look up two weeks later, a month later, and realize, you know, yeah, you can go spend $6 on a cup of coffee wherever that is, or you can make a cup of coffee at home. And that, that kills me, too, how people will leave work or leave home from work early in the morning to go stand in the line for 20, 30 minutes to spend 5 to $7 on a drink. And you know what? You could have cut your coffee machine on, got in the shower, got out of the shower, and your coffee or your espresso. You can make all that stuff at home now. Could It could be waiting for you. Stu. Right. If I balance my checkbook weekly and my wife really just uses her online bank statements to track her spending, that can cause a conflict if I'm the one balancing the books. Mm-hmm. So how important is it for couples to discuss money management behaviors before marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, a good one, too. And I, you know, I had a funny story. Like when I first was married, I uh, was still in the Marine Corps, uh, just got off active duty. Um, so I lived as a you know bachelor at that time, uh, kind of lived off the ATM, so to speak. And then I get mm-hmm. married to my wife, um, and I was still in the the active reserve, though, um, to help pay for school. And I got activated, so I'm over in Desert Storm, and my wife is, is left there with a, a bank ledger that I probably hadn't even touched in you know a couple months because I was used to living out of the ATM and just knowing right. how much money I had. Um, so I go over there and, um, and she thought there was uh, so much money left in the, in the account, which there wasn't. So very soon, you know, the, uh, the payments started coming back and, mm. and luckily we, we did have a good, uh, financial institution that brought her in, got everything back up to speed and, and got it set. But like you're saying, it's, it's, I think it's important, uh, you know, as, as you come in just to notice those kind of behaviors, cause that. You know, again, that was my behavior, and it was something that I had to change myself. Right. Um, you know, now that I'm married, it had to be it had to be a little bit different at the time. So for me, it was a little bit of changing. But uh, you bring up a good point when you say like that you do maybe the the budgeting part, mm-hmm. and that's usually you know the way it works is normally one partner will be 
the person who may do some of those details. Uh, like in, in my marriage, like my wife, she likes doing the, like that day-to-day stuff. And I like looking at the long-term. So I deal more with like uh, retirement, long-term investing right. and stuff like that. Um, but usually if you, if you sit down, uh, the main thing again is, is communication. Cause you're going to, you're just going to want to right off the bat, uh, make sure that you can do things like maybe even sit down and at least discuss the budgeting together. Even if you're doing it, uh, you know, it's very possible that you could at least both be, you know, in on it, discussing it. Um, even if the one person technically is, is the one paying the bill. Right. Um, but yeah, you should be doing that, um, and again, you should be, you know, again coming up with your plans. Like, what are some of your goals and things like that? And those are things that you really should be discussing because that'd be important too. Like, what are your long term goals uh, financially? Right. So if you know, if one of you wanted to, you know, build a house, you know, somewhere else, and one of you is more living for today and not necessarily wanting to do, to save as mm. much, those kind of things can actually bring up some conflicts. For couples that, that have different views on money management, what are some simple ways they can begin to come together to manage their money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another good point because I, I think right off the bat, uh, we know that, that men and women um, are most likely naturally a little bit different uh, when it comes to money. For example, like men uh, tend to take more risk. Um, and I think on the last time I was here, man, so we discussed that, you know, men also is very much related to their self-esteem. Like a lot of times, like men are going to, uh, look at you know, sometimes the uh, finances as a little bit of who they are. Um, and women see it more as like security. Um, so just a little bit of different in philo- uh, philosophies there. All right. You're listening to the Father Matters Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Stu Burns with Bank of America. And today we are talking about money and marriage. We'll hear more from Stu after this. Father Matters presents Pearl Conference 2014, an evening of elegance. Saturday, October 18th at the Crown Plaza Phoenix Airport Hotel. Register today at fathermatters.org. Use this elegant date night as an opportunity to connect with your spouse and hear practical ways to strengthen and enhance your marriage. Register today at fathermatters.org. Keynote speakers for the evening, Chris and Carmen Garner. Founders of the ministry, Fortified Marriages. Pearl Conference 2014, an evening of elegance. Register today at fathermatters.org. That's fathermatters.org. Pearl Conference 2014 is coming up. You can enter to win a pair of tickets by sending us an email to info at fathermatters.org. And in your subject box, put Pearl Tickets. In your email, give us your name, your spouse's name, and the winners will be announced in our October 7th Father Matters Tribune. You can subscribe to the Father Matters Tribune at fathermatters.org. And we are back with Stu Burns, Consumer Product Strategic Analyst with Bank of America. Today, we are talking about money and marriage. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Stu, normally there is a spender and a saver in a relationship. How can this couple balance each other out and work to avoid major money problems? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just like we were discussing uh, you know, just a moment ago, um, we're talking a little bit about the way men and women are, are normally different when it comes to money. 
this is another way, um, you know, in a lot of relationships, I knew uh, one couple actually where the husband was more apt to uh, to possibly run out there a little more impulsively by, um, and the wife herself was was a lot more frugal. Um, so the thing here is it isn't necessarily the being uh, that being different is the issue. Um, the issue a lot of times comes down to the communicating. Um, so as long as you're communicating, I think that's great. And it can actually work very effectively, but you both got to, you have to be very cognizant of, of, of who you are. Cause it's like, uh, if I'm the, the impulsive one wanting to go out and spend, but I know my wife is more frugal, you know, she may keep me from that impulsive buy because she may be saying, well, you know what, that thing that you want to go off and get Im- impulsively, if we shop around for the next, you know, maybe two weeks or a month or something like that, we'll find it, you know, half the cost. Um, so a lot of times that can be actually a very good uh, way to work uh, together. So, uh, yeah, the key, though, is communicating, especially in marriage. You want to be open and in front about that. That's awesome, and especially with technology. I mean, a, a, a new gadget can come out today. This time, six months from now, it's outdated. You can now go get that gadget. I love what you said yeah. about communicate because you always hear the number one cause of divorce is finances, finances, finances. And that's not true. The number one cause of divorce is the lack of communication. Like you just said, if someone is out just buying and coming home and say, um, that's not in the budget. We got to get the kids some shoes this weekend. And you went and spent the the shoes and school money uh, on this gadget. You know, it's like someone, you know, you got to break, break it down. and You've got to communicate in mm-hmm. marriage. Money tends to represent security. How important is it to go beyond day to day or month to month money management and look to securing a future in your marriage. Yeah, I think that um, you have to look at yeah taking care of the the, the current expenses and things like that together. Um, and then, as far as like securing a future, you know, if you look at that like financially or just together, because uh, you can kind of look at that maybe you know securing your your overall relationship. Um, you know, again, just by communicating um, with each other. Um, but the thing with the, the future, that's just part of what I would say is just smart and wise and overall budgeting and finances is that you always have to uh, be looking like we discussed earlier, talking about an emergency fund. Um, so you, you don't want to neglect the fact that there's going to be a future that you're going to need to plan for. Um, you know, again, you always hear on the, the news and so forth. We don't know if Social Security is going to be there mm. 30 years from now. on. Um, so you know, a lot of times you are planning those things, which are realistic. So, you know, and it's a good thing, like as couples to sit down um, to talk about them, like look at the, uh, like we were talking about just um, discussing your behaviors. We should sit down um, and at least even again, if one call, one of the the spouses is basically taking control of of doing the day-to-day payments, you know, discuss your budgeting once a week, at least, uh, you know, just to see how things are going. Uh, Basically that you're both in um, sync with with the direction you're going um, and then also have those discussions like I usually will um, again my thing would be maybe the longer term um, so I pull up usually with my wife uh, you know I'll show her the different uh, kind of funds that we have available some different charts that I yeah. like like running and and showing some of the growth and you know what I what I would anticipate you know to be taking X amount of time to reach, you know, what our next goal is for our long-term savings right. and stuff like that. You, you hit me, you, you scared me yeah. when you mentioned Social Security. I'm yeah. 46 years old. I'm on the other side of 45, and I always yep. hear Social Security may not even be around by the time I turn 65. And, and, and if it do, 
I worked for a, a major corporation up to about 15 years ago, and they sent me in the mail. Sometimes they send you what your pension will be, what your retirement will be. And my retirement at age 65 in, in the year 2033 will be $300 a month. Now, it's 2014. I can't live off of $300 a month right now. How would I expect to live off of twenty, you know, $300 a month in 2033? So leading up to this, when thinking of the future, how necessary is it to consider things like a will and life insurance? Yeah, um, that's extremely important. Um, and I think like even you look at the, the one Bible verse too, and this one's more dealing with just taking care of uh, things in general, but which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Uh, Luke fourteen twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, And it's just, that's just a verse that shows again, it's good and wise to be planning those, those type of things. And, um, you know, even though we don't like to talk about them, uh, sometimes some of the topics seem, uh, you know, maybe even on the borderline of, of morbid talking about death and things like that, but it's realistic, you know, and uh, even with my, uh, with my mom, especially uh, we've discussed, you know, the, the fact that she, you know, has me uh, even on some accounts so that if something happened to where she was incapacitated, I could take over, you know, immediately because she's just at that age and she's at least, uh, you know, now she has the clarity of thought to be thinking of those things and tell me what she wants. But as married couples, you want to do that as well because it, it is important to, uh, you know, think about what's better too. Like some, th- some people are uh, starting a trust, which makes it a little more tax-friendly to pass things out, you know, and then you can have a will actually that's kind of embedded in there. But uh, a trust is a good way that, to be able to pass on to your family, uh, you know, a little easier on the taxes. And, and I love that because yeah. I, I want to touch on something. My, my grandma, my grandmother, my dad's mom just turned 100 years old wow. this past <laughs> summer. Now, listen to this. We're also going into a generation where our parents are taking care of grandchildren as well as their parents. And some of us, if we're, if we're stuck in this, you know, rat race trying to impress people with things we can't afford or like, you know, what happens when your grandparents or your parents, I, I spoke to my dad over the summer. It's like, we don't know what to do with it. My, my dad is not in the position to take care of my 100 year old grandmother, you know, and it's like, we're not thinking. And I, and I got, I have friends, uh, you know, they're telling me, well, I'll be okay, Vance, when I get in my 60s or 70s because my in-laws or my parents has real estate or they have stock. Okay, well, what happens when your parents need their real estate or their stock to take care of them from their 80s to their 100s? Yeah, that's a great point because, uh, you know, if you look at the cost of health care these days, um, you know, a lot of a lot of that could be wiped out, you know, in one, uh, you know, one illness or one stay at the hospital could easily wipe out what we thought was like a fairly secure amount of money. Um, you know, again, when you're talking about things like inflation going mm-hmm. up, um, you know, that basically is telling us that in the next 24 years, everything we pay for today will probably cost about twice as much in 24 years from now, or at wow. least we'll have half the buying power. So, you know, a, a million dollars today is really 500,000, you know, 24 wow. years down the road. Well, Stu, we have, we, we have listeners that range from having good money management principles to those that are just beginning to practice good money management habits. Speaking to a wide audience, where can people go to access more about what you shared today? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of good resources out there, so I definitely wouldn't uh, limit them. But some of my favorites, um, going out to uh, one of the sites that Bank of America developed in conjunction with the Khan Academy, 
uh, www.bettermoneyhabits.com. Um, and that one, again, shows videos on everything from that, um, talking about things like uh, mortgages, um, savings, and, and so forth. Um, you know, and Dave Ramsey has a lot of good information out there on his site, uh, www.daveramsey.com. Uh, refers people to different insurance companies even and, and things like that. That'll Well, thank you, Stu. I want to thank you for coming back to the show. And I want to thank you for tuning into the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments. And I want to thank my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. Ladies, Saturday, October the 11th, Father Matters is hosting a mother-to-mother workshop. We'll be at St. Luke's Medical Center. Log on to fathermatters.org for more information. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you and God bless.